sing as one my land, my for this country we're walking on my land, my we stand together to protect this land for the future we're hand in hand program may contain traces of irony, sarcasm, satire, parody, mockery, banter, caricature, and nuts. The opinions expressed are almost certainly not shared by self-appointed officious dictatorial wowsers. If you are dangerously irony deficient or allergic to mockery of the self-important and corrupt, then get a life. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it's time for another episode of the Environmental As Anything podcast. Thanks for joining me today. I'm Sean O'Shaughnessy. And many of us have experienced frustrations with our governments over the years. There's, uh, there's far too much of uh, the, 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 the tin ear uh, once uh, the, they get into politics. But uh, there is always a bright side to this where there are people committed to making changes who work within the political system to get them done. And one of those, I'm very pleased to say, is Felicity Wade, who is my guest today. She is the national co-convener of the Labor Environmental Action Network and uh, has been working hard for as long as I can remember uh, to try to protect our forests from uh, the uh, the logging industry and has come up with, uh, with, with, the, with uh, Lean with a strategy to bring the ALP into the 21st century and um, future-proof our forests in the process. So, Felicity, thank you for joining Environmental as Anything today. Nice to be here. Well, look, you know, it's a great pleasure to have you because uh, it's all too rare that we have uh, really positive, bright uh, sparks of hope uh, for our forests. And, uh, you know, we've, we've just yesterday went and spoke to our local member. I, I said this to the listeners in the outset of the show um, that, uh, you know, we went and saw Janelle Safin and she made some very positive statements regarding forests. Do you think that uh, perhaps... Or, well, I'll just start off by saying, do you think that the, the, this might be, a, a, this glimmer of hope might turn into a, a bright light of a, of a new day for our forests and for the Labor Party? Well, I guess that's the grand hope, isn't it? I think we have a moment in history when uh, I guess what my job is, is to try and encourage the, the governments to actually um, kind of grab this moment. And I think we've got a particular moment for a whole bunch of reasons. And um, I think kind of simply, I think there's, you know, there's some pretty clear ones. So Tanya Plibersek is reforming the environmental laws. And as you probably all know, when those old laws were created in 1999, they exempted the regional forest agreement. So they took out um, any government, federal government oversight on threatened species in one of the places where most of our threatened species live. Um, a, recent, a recent estimate reckons 50 of the animals on the threatened species list actually have uh, logging as a three key threatening process. So for, for the last 20, 20 or so years, the federal government hasn't had any threatened species responsibility to try and hold the the, um, the the timber industry in check in the native forests, but Tanya Plibersek has said she's going to she's going to change that. Mm. She's going to she's going to ensure that the federal government has oversight of of the of their responsibilities in forests. So that's one really big glimmer of hope. Yeah. I think I think the second one is that you know the um, timber industry is in dire dire straits. Having over logged for so long, mm. it's it's running out of wood and and collapsing in all sorts of ways. I think the third one is the courts, as we saw in Victoria, are now doing what the governments haven't done and calling out the responsibilities for mm. actually the environmental values of the forest. And as you know, they shut down the industry in, in Victoria, which precipitated not only the loss of 200 jobs in the Maryvale Mill, so it had really bad impacts 
on working people, mm. but also, um, you know, led to the Victorian government's decision to end that industry. And then finally, I think the other big one is that, you know, there is actually now a recognition that carbon sits in the forests. And unlike all of our arguments for so many years about all the ecosystem services forests provide, we've actually now got something that is actually recognised as a real commodity <laughs> with actual real money attached. Yeah. So I think all of that, that makes it for a moment in history. Indeed, it does, and 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 that doesn't even you know bring into question the 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 issue of water, which has also been vitally important, and and still uh, sort of it hasn't quite emerged as the as the eye catching uh, uh, glamorous issue, but but it's, it adds to the equation, doesn't it? There's so many factors that uh, that add up yeah. to uh, to this. I should say that uh, you know we should perhaps back up a little because uh, I haven't really properly introduced you because I think a lot of people might be question wondering what is lean, what's 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 a, a a lean all about? <laughs> yeah, the lean is the Labor Environment Action Network, which has its um, its its beginnings right back in 2004 when two young Labor activists, Jenny McAllister, who is now an Assistant Minister for Climate Change, and Christina Keneally, who's quite an infamous um, both Premier and, minister, and Shadow Minister um, federally, hmm. decided to create lean. Um, and it was really modelled on an earlier uh, an earlier innovation in the Labor Party, where after the Tampa decision, um, when Labor didn't stand up against Howard's, you know, cruel treatment and you know terrible treatment of, of refugees in that moment in 2001, um, a bunch of people from the left and the right, so both factions of the party, decided that they wanted to stand up and, and you know, have a position, uh, you know, stand, make a stand against that inhumane policy. Mm. So they created Labor for Refugees, which, you know, was a, a huge innovation because, as I said, it was people from both, both factions and also had a real membership kind of focus. Mm. Anyway, Jenny McAllister uh, decided to, that she wanted to do that for the environment. Jenny had grown up on the North Coast, had actually stood for Richmond in 2004, Four. Yep. Um, uh, and she actually that was two thousand nine. Anyway, whenever I'm not sure when Temper was, maybe it was mm. two thousand four. But anyway, mm. um, the so they started lean, and it was a you know it was something that happened in New South Wales. It you know did a bit of this and that. It kind of fizzled out in two thousand and seven. It restarted again when Labor was in power federally, and um, people kind of said, okay, let's make this a national a national thing because we're going to, you know, we've got climate and all that stuff was, mm. you know, hot. Mm. And again, it kind of died again and I think there's a lot of lessons about <laughs> about how small voluntary organisations work because I think they ended up with a 20-page rule document which meant that, you know, a whole bunch of activists were spending a lot of time administering <laughs> rules and so it kind of collapsed again. Yeah. But I, um, in about two, in beginning of 2013, I guess it was pretty clear that Labor was going to lose the federal election, mm. that the Rudd-Gillard government was going to go down. Mm. And one of the things that Tony Abbott had weaponised really well was climate change yep. and made it such a, a political poison, poisonous, toxic thing that there was a whole bunch in the party that went, people in the party went, oh my goodness, this is going to be terrible, you know, and there could be a backlash in terms of how the party feels about its its efforts on climate change, which, you know, they'd worked, tried really hard, they'd worked really hard, and then it just caused them so much political pain. Mm. And I, having um, worked for the Wilderness Society for 20 years, had um, taken a job in the Shadow Minister's office in New South Wales, uh, having done lots of job work with them under, under the car government around forests and those reforms. Um, and so people came to me and said, hey, how about you join, join and actually restart this organisation? Because we're going to have to have some some uh, movement in the, in the party to make sure we hold that backlash that's inevitable as people, you know, as various parts of the 
interest in the party might say this climate change thing is a total disaster for us politically mm. and mm. You know, we should give it up. Mm. So that's in 2013, I was sent a drop box with a bunch of logos and an old database and said, here, why don't you start lean again? Yeah. And <laughs> we launched, we launched on two weeks ago, 10 years ago, two weeks ago, when um, Bob Hawke came and spoke to a bunch of Labor people um, on the 30th anniversary of the Franklin Dam decision at the High Court and told their story of why he made that political decision to save that river mm. and, um, you know, and affirmed Labor's need to you know, build on its environmental legacy. Yeah, so it's, it's, it sounds like a story. It's, a, it's somewhat a contrary to trend in some ways that you've gone from being um, a greenie to being an ALP uh, uh, activist and worker. And, uh, you know, that's a, there's a common story, a very common story of lots of ALP members who've gone the other way uh, in, in disgust and frustration. But you've decided that it's well worth working within the system, within that party, to try to reform them, to, to bring them to... to, to to some sort of sense and reason, it sounds like uh, you know, quite a brave strategy. Um, how are you treated? How does that work within the party when, when you you are obviously uh, you know setting yourself up as a dissenting voice against uh, pol- past policies and, and advocating for for reform? Yeah, look, when I I often say um, it's about you know why I moved into the Labor Party was kind of about burying Margaret Mead. <laughs> which is, you know, Margaret Mead's famous line about, you know, um, never doubt the, the ability for a small group of committed citizens to change the world. You know, it's the only thing that ever has. Mm. I think that in some ways for us as a movement, that is an outdated kind of statement because we have moved in terms of public concern from the, from the edges to the mainstream. Mm. Mm. But it was my observation that while we've done that, we haven't necessarily won the key institutions of our democracy. Mm. And... I guess I saw, therefore, the importance of um, being a voice, you know, within, like, you know, and again, I, I'm not part of the Labor's crap um, the school of thought. I think Labor, you know, actually has delivered most of the environmental outcomes in the country's history. And, you know, we, can, we, we probably shouldn't get into how, you know, that does or doesn't relate to the role of the Greens Party. But, you know, Labor has actually stood up, ever since Mikel stood up and decided to chuck the, the cattle out of the Kosciuszko and, and make a park um, for environment in various points along the way. But I guess I sort of saw that we still had this job to actually build into the, you know, centre-left party of Australia the environmental sensibility, which is a 21st, sensibi- 21st century sensibility. Mm. And... You know, I often say, you know, like there are three factors of production. There's capital, there's the land, and there's labour. Yep. You know, this our party was created out of the conflict between capital and labour. Yeah. But there was o- a third... On the land, and no it, less. Like, you know, yeah. the, 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 the shearer strikes, etc. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, and so that third factor of production didn't really factor in that uh, in the conflict or in that discussion. But here we are in the 21st century, and clearly capitalism as much of a conflict with the land that, you know, is mm. the basis of production and of life as it does with workers. And so, you know, we kind of got to build that into the philosophy. Mm, yeah. All right. Well, it's it's uh, it's good. It's a good background on on what's been going on, and you've t- you've been taking action uh, in this document I have in my hand, the creating jobs by protecting forests, a new land carbon industry is the headline, and uh, you know, Lean's trained 120 members across the country to lead conversations with Labor Party members and affiliated unions about uh, the opportunity Australia's to build significant land carbon industry and create good regional jobs. Over 300 local ALP branches across over 100 electorates have discussed and ind- endorsed Lean. 
lean's call. Can you give us, uh, you know, the, the the bones of that? What's what's what is lean calling for in this uh, in this document? Yeah, well, I guess um, as you know, land. You know, there are two sources of greenhouse gas emissions. One is the uh, fossil fuels, and the other is the land. Is you know primarily loss of vegetation and changes of land use that we've done since the since the industrial revolution. And um, I guess our kind of uh, key, what we, you know, what, what the measure thing we're trying to do with this campaign we're currently running is to make the point that yes, we've, you know, we've got to deal with fossil fuels, we've got to deal with the transport sector, we've got to deal with all these sectors, we've got to shift our energy system, but we've also got to deal with the land, mm-hmm. and um, we have to um, we have to work out how we're going to live better with it. And I guess you know, there's two I guess fundamental factors in the emissions that are associated with the land, one of which is agricultural practices. But I guess the bit we're mostly interested in is um, vegetation and both protecting and restoring vegetation. Um, and as you know, of course, not only do we create emissions when we knock down trees, um, we also can sequester carbon out of the atmosphere when we grow them or when we keep them intact. Mm. And so, you know, to that point that, you know, the IPCC says there's no pathway to net zero or to, you know, 1.5 degrees without sequestration without pulling some um, carbon out of the air. Yep. We're pretty keen on doing that through, you know, trees. So I guess the so that that is the meta intention of our campaign. I think it's probably worth just mentioning, Sean, how we our campaign is very um, lean is very self consciously a membership driven organization. Mm-hmm. We have, you know, while our goal is to improve um, environmental policy and to sort of that bigger task of actually building environment into the sort of DNA of the party, we're very, our other key, you know, and very kind of conscious commitment is to uh, working with the members of the Labor Party and to giving them a voice on these issues. Of course, you know, there's still 600 branches or something of the Labor Party that meet every month in halls around the country. You know, it's probably not a political movement like it. And, you know, they don't get much for it except for, you know, they're there because you know, they're committed people trying to do something good in the world. Mm. So we really work quite, yeah, quite consciously to to power our campaigns, to build, you know, the capacity to influence things by, as you said, training people to then go and have conversations with the branches, getting the branches then to support our our position and then, you know, then taking it to the party and say, how about it, guys? Mm. Mm. So... Um, so 300 so of those 600 have signed up uh, now and, uh, yeah. you know, it includes, uh, you know, an end to native forest logging and a, uh, an end to broad-scale land clearing and a, uh, and a commitment to uh, expanding the plantation sector with future-focused industry plan. Uh, you know, so that's, that's been accepted across the board within those, uh, those, those branches. Do you, do you expect that it will be ex- accepted across the board with those remaining? Yeah, look, we're you know um, we uh, this 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 campaign has created quite a lot of conversation. As you know, logging of native forests in particular has been a really difficult issue for the Labor Party, and it kind of cuts to the core challenge for the party in terms of its both its core constituencies, but also its core commitments, mm. which is around you know blue collar workers. Uh, and, you know, regional communities without very much other economic activity versus, you know, the environmental concern that, you know, so many you know, Labor Party voters have. Mm. So there has been some, you know, obviously some robust discussions. Um, will we get to the six? I don't think we're going <laughs> to... National conferences in a couple of weeks, so we're probably not going to get to the 600. No. Um, but, you know, but, yeah, we've had a really good conversation across the party. And um, I think... And I guess fundamental 
you know, we are calling for the end of native forest logging and the end of broad-scale land clearing, which are both, you know, as you know, incredibly important both for biodiversity and for climate. Mm. But for we we are very um, committed to doing that around, you know, those labour values around, you know, not just taking people's jobs away and sending them off to beaten baristas, but again, because there is this new commodity in the landscape, which is carbon, we think that we can, um, you know, there is revenue there to actually do these things and do them with genuine both funds to, mm. to, to pay for management and new plantations and all the things we need to do, but also jobs mm. that, you know, if you're managing a forest for carbon, you've actually got to make sure it doesn't burn down and you've got to make sure, um, you know, that all that bad... Um, Bad regrowth is actually managed properly. Mm. Um, and they're jobs which use skills that, you know, people who have managed forests for a long time have. Mm, that's right. It just needs a reprioritisation of the policy framework as it has done on, on, on all of the environment issues, isn't it? It's not that we don't have the skills or techniques or, or equipment to be able to do the job. It's just the political will. Speaking of political will, though, yeah. the, the challenge from the perspective of somebody who's not within the ALP has... I mean, I've always found it quite opaque, very difficult to work out why uh, the ALP wants to continue to back this just clear, clearly collapsing industry, this sort of deeply destructive and an industry which employs such a tiny uh, number of, of people uh, whilst destroying job opportunities for thousands of others. It, it has always seemed uh, very counterintuitive, very difficult to understand. We've always attributed that to the influence of unions such as the CFMEU uh, in, in, in holding on to, desperately holding on to that tiny little sliver of membership. Is that Fair is that reasonable to 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 say that the ALP is being influenced by its uh, by by say the CFMEU and and is there any hope that they can sort of see the light and and uh, start to look to building their membership base in uh, uh, you know sustainable uh, forest practices? Yeah, look, I think um, I think there's two issues here. There's a, a specific and a general issue in how these 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 you know exactly this problem sort of problem plays out um there are as you say there are actually quite a small number of workers now particularly as the industry continues to collapse mm. in 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 actual native forest logging and you know it it always shocks people in the party when we tell them that 88% and 88 to 90% of all the timber produced in Australia is produced by plantations not by native forests anymore mm. and that you know we produce mainly very low value um products um, so there's, but there is, yeah, there is a, there is a, both a union, but also a broader concern for, for every job that's lost is a problem, you know, for the Labor Party. They don't, you know, that, 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 you know, undermining particularly blue collar, you know, blue collar jobs matters to, to the party. But I think then politically that is a, a broader infection that people have to kind of recognise and understand. And I think, you know, I think what we saw in 2019, where the Adani campaign, um, you know, was actually campaigning in a context where there actually weren't any jobs yet, really significantly, what working people said across, you know, there was a there was a backlash across the country where they went, where people said, "We're frightened that you're going to, um, you are, that, that there's something going on here where we, as you know, working people are going to be not looked after." 
Mm. That you know that climate change. You know, I think it's very hard to argue that climate action wasn't was climate action was a factor in in people's rejection of the Labor Party in the 2019 election. And so that was a more generalised sense that you know. And I think climate particularly has this problem that it looks like a elite conspiracy. Mm. There's a lot of um, billionaires backing it, and you know, and people know that when transitions happen, usually the people who pay are you know, their communities and not in, you know, they're, they're not properly looked after. So, you know, so I guess I'm trying to make this point that there's actually the direct jobs involved, but then there's also the perception of of, of regional communities that their, their industries and the things that they do are easily... Um, are easily dismissed and easily given up mm. by sort of, you know, a city-centric, elite-centric kind of, uh, you know, economic system. Yeah, and you mentioned the elite conspiracy, and obviously the Murdoch criminal empire are out there poisoning the well with, uh, with you know, all sorts of lies about uh, what what will happen. You know, terrible, terribly uh, scary prospects for the future yeah. if we actually do anything sensible about climate and or biodiversity. So it it does it does obviously feed into that uh, misconception on, 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 and fear from people. So what what is it like? You know, right now we're we're heading towards the uh, the the ALP national conference. It's a uh, it's two weekends away, isn't it? Yes. Yes. yes so, so right. yep. what can people do now? Is it this? What's how critical is this moment? This national conference. What will be decided? Um, you know, is it our last chance? So, you know, what what's what what happens afterwards? And and what can people do to help get get the you know your your uh, your, your 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 strategy across the line there? Look, I think it's pretty clear that um, what what we are gunning for is. Now, while we've been talking overtly about the need to end native forest logging, because that's so patently obvious, um, what we actually need is a whole new industry plan. Um, in 1992, mm. <laughs> it was the Keating government who created the National Forest Policy Statement, yep. which some of us are old enough to just <laughs> remember, um, and that hasn't been updated. No. And so I guess what we're... And this is where the Labor... Environment Action Network bit comes in. We're really interested in, you know, delivering the environmental outcomes, but recognising that they sit in a bunch of economic outcomes that we have to deliver at the same time. And as I said, I think carbon is the moment. It provides us a moment where we can actually do that with all good faith and actually provide, you know, create new industries. Mm. Create new industries, you know. The World Bank says Australia is the best place to have a land sector industry because we've got, you know, good governance. We've got a lot of land that isn't necessarily, you know, has to be agricultural. We've got a whole bunch of things going for us. And, you know, so in so much of what we're doing is saying let's actually look at the industry, you know, the industry more broadly, which is when I say that I mean the native forest industry, the plantation industry, as well as the sort of land sector, you know, the you know, land carbon sector industry and um, and bring that all together. And when we look at, you know, when we tell, we actually have to tally up the pluses and minuses and I think, you know, we get to a pretty clear clear, clear outcome. So, look, I think um, what we would love to see out of the conference is that 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 we have a pathway to that, to that, to, to that solution making, mm. and so that's our great hope. Mm. So, yeah, how will that look? See, that's that's again. I'm slightly. It's a bit opaque to me, and I'm sure to to many listeners. It's uh, you know, what, what? How will we know if that comes <laughs> is, is is the case at the end of the day? Uh, it's a bit of a black box from from my uh, experience and perspective. So, you know, what, what what are you hoping for? Is there is there a motion to be passed on the floor? Is it you know how how will it work? And what can we do to help? Is I guess still my question. Yeah. Yeah, look, we will we will put a motion to the floor. 
we will um, we will we will negotiate with the other interests in the party. Um, so it probably won't look exactly like you know the green Nirvana that would you know people would like. Mm. But you know we're hopeful that it will provide a pathway for us to sort this out. Um, your point about a black box, it's, you know, as you know, with any big organisation and particularly a political one, you can't. There's no way you can draw a map of how the ALP works. <laughs> <laughs> it's not possible. <laughs> and any claim to do so is furious. Um, but you know, but I must say that one of the great things about being lean, in, in my experience, is that you know, in the past, so often. Um, you know, even when we, even when we moved, you know, got the commitments to to um, renewable energy in the past, we'd often get, you know, we we create a whole lot of political um, pressure on the outside, but then the internals, you know, which as you said is often has often been the unions defending blue collar jobs, would smash us. Mm. But you know, inside we have a much more fruitful conversation because you know because we're inside because mm. you know we're all <laughs> we're actually all stakeholders in in, in the actual party dynamics. Mm. So look, um. I look. I think it's tricky about how people help. I think it's um, uh, you know we we need to solve this in a labour way, if mm. that makes sense. We can't we can't solve it, um, you know. In in and I guess this is my great aim is that we work out how what uh, in what labour environmentalism looks like. <laughs> if you know what I mean, which isn't quite what we're all used to. You know what we all grew up with, and you know how I got trained and how I used to think. Mm. Um, but I think that's because we live in a democracy and we don't actually make change without actually taking the centre with us. Um, I think that's what we've all got to apply our minds to. Mm. I mean, some of the people listening, obviously, some of the listeners will, will be members of the ALP. And uh, you know, is there anything that members of the ALP? can do now to help or you know, well to, to, we're encouraging to, people um we're especially encouraging people alp members to come and join us at conference it's you know if you're actually a member you can you know be an observer and join us mm. we all wear these hideous lime green t-shirts and and make a lot of noise um <laughs> they call us the the lime green and green army um and uh i mean the other thing that's uh, that happens at conference which is interesting for people is there is a fringe a fringe um program you know, and there'll be various lands doing various events where, you know, doing something with um, the Queensland Conservation Council, with Minister Plibersek and with Andrew McIntosh, who's the guy who has, you know, called the called the um, called out the dodgy carbon credits. We're doing something with the ETU and uh, and others around um, the need for Australia to have an Inflation Reduction Act, like America has, to supercharge our decarbonised industries. We're doing, you know, an event with ACS that talks about, you know, the legacy and, and, and the future task. So, you know, we're doing... So there's that stuff that some people are really, really um, welcome to come to. I mean, I think there'll probably be some protests out the front. And again, that's all part of democracy. So, you know, I think... Um, but encouraging... I mean, I think encouraging your local members, as you mentioned, Sean, your local members, particularly, you know, your Labor members, about why this is important, why this matters to people, just cannot be understated how important that is. These yeah. guys are representatives of us and um, they need to hear and need to know about how much community concern there is. Yeah, well, as I said, Justine, uh, no, just, Justine, uh, uh, Janelle Safin yesterday was very, uh, you know, open to hearing us and said and, and seemed to know enough about it to be able to tell us, to, you know, what, what we wanted to hear, you know, she, and, and that she, you know, with genuine force of conviction in, in her and in all, in all, in all the signals of, of belief. Um, and now next week uh, on Friday, Friday's for Forest is going to be held outside Justine Elliott 
Elliott's office. And so you're saying uh-huh. that that's the kind of thing to help. And, you know, we've had communication with Justine to, to let her know what we're doing and why. And uh, we're hoping that that's going to help. We understand both Justine and Janelle are delegates to the conference. So that's that's the kind of thing you're uh, suggesting yep. would be helpful. Yeah, yeah, no, that's right. They are, you know, they're decision makers in all of this. And, you know, I think the other thing, and again, I don't, you know, I, I'm always worried about being an ALP apologist, but ALP people are activists, you know, that is what they, and they care deeply, you know, like they, I guess my, I guess my big lesson is it's a much more, um, it's a much richer place when you're, when you're on the inside than sometimes it's easy to look like from the outside, you know. Mm-hmm. Political parties, you know, of all stripes <laughs> are um, not always, you know, they're political. So they, <laughs> they, and there's no getting around that, as we as we know now, from um, even the Greens. Mm. But um, you know, there are a lot of people trying to do the right thing and trying to work out how to do it. And um, yeah, so I think that's another really important thing. Don't assume uh, ALP people are the enemy, mm-hmm. um, but they have to, you know, win a majority in a in a democracy, and that has some complications. Yep. Well, uh, look, Felicity, we've had a good long chat and I know you, you're, yeah. you're a busy woman with lots on your plate today and I've got a show to get on with the rest of uh, my guests will be, be backing up, so I should actually let you go. Uh, but I really appreciate you making time today because it really has been very illuminating uh, to get an insight into what's happening within the ALP and uh, your efforts there to, uh, to bring them uh, you know, into the 21st century, as you say. So thank you for all of that. Good on you, Sean. No worries. We'll, we'll talk again. Hey, let us know. Can you let us know how we go after the conference? Can we get you back? Of course. Of course. That'd be fantastic. Thanks, Felicity. Good on you. Okay. okay. See ya. That was Felicity Wade. Uh, from. She's the co- national co-convener of the uh, Labor Environment Action Network. And uh, she's talking about their strategy, which they are presenting to the ALP to bring them into the 21st century uh, with a land carbon, a new industry in protecting and restoring forests, uh, which is their their strategy document that I'm uh, rustling around in front of the uh, microphone as we speak. And uh, yeah, we just got a bit of a, a tip of the iceberg there. There's a lot to it. But, um, you know, a lot of good thinking has gone into this uh, uh, and uh, be good if anyone out there has any uh, influence with uh, the ALP. If you're an ALP member or you know ALP members, uh, let them know that this is going on. Uh, The conference needs uh, your support. It's happening in two weekends' time from now. So uh, that's uh, that's vitally important that everyone get behind that because uh, the ALP right now are the Labor are the are the Labor Party. They are the party of government here federally and in New South Wales, and uh, really need to get themselves on board with the transition to an end to native forest logging and a hundred percent plantation based sustainable timber industry. Anyway, thanks to Felicity for joining us. And uh, we're going to move on with the show. There's uh, more to come on forests. I'll be talking to Dylan Pugh uh, very soon, calling him and talking to him about the uh, uh, situation in the courts, which uh, which uh, NIFA has taken court action to uh, stop the logging of the uh, the vitally important uh, Myrtle and Braemar State Forest, both koala hot spots severely damaged by the fires uh, and, uh, you know, uh, in, uh, now threatened with being trashed by logging again. So, um, yeah, get Dylan on to talk us through that. Another uh, uh, gridular track uh, called Country Boy. I think that's – and uh, we'll, we'll be talking to Dylan Pugh straight after that. So, uh Stay with us here on Environmental As Anything. 
my feet. I'm in the soil, smell from the oil of the Gigi tree. It seems I'm spoiled with all of these eucalyptus leaves. Dreams of me never leaving here while I fall asleep. It's the outback boy in me, living in the Brigolo forest, where I kick it, of course, where the lizards grow claws. And the visitors come, where we have no doors. Open for fun, we're just country boys. It runs through my veins like the black soil plains. It's a fact I'm a country boy. No need to explain that joy when it rains. Just saying I'm a country boy. It runs through my veins like the black soil plains. It's a fact I'm a country boy. No need to explain that joy when it rains. Just saying I'm a country boy. Fresh water to drink, straight from the creek. Just caught a fish. Hey, what you think? Call this life, I know what it's like to lose track of time, that sort of thing. Out here things go comparably slow. There's no windows, only wind blows. I love the whirly winds, broke a circling coals are burning in. I know it's perfect cause my soul deserves it and it grows with purpose in. It's a part of me, like an artery. Like my heart was an iron bark, now I'ma start to breathe. Ain't no way you could take me away from this place. It's amazing, you'll say. Run away to nature today. I'm okay, not checking the day. It runs through my veins like the black soil plains. It's a fact I'm a country boy. To explain that joy when it rains, just saying I'm a country boy. It runs through my veins like the black soul plains. It's a fact I'm a country boy. No need to explain that joy when it rains, just saying I'm a country boy. It runs through my veins like the black soul plains. It's a fact I'm a country boy. No need to explain that joy when it rains, just saying I'm a country boy. It runs through my veins like the black soul plains. It's a fact I'm a country boy. No need to explain that joy when it rains, just saying I'm a country boy. I'm a country boy, I'm a country boy See, I told you I'm a country boy I'm a country boy, I'm a country boy Yeah, 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 I'm a country boy Country boy, that's uh, Gorigula and he's going to be our special guest later on in the show. Really looking forward to speaking to him about what's going up there in uh, in his country where Adani are trying to force him off his land so that they can turn it into a carbon bomb. And uh, him and he and his people are putting up a staunch resistance to uh, being uh, d- removed from their country yet again by another capitalist enterprise. But... Um, on the, uh, the protection of country, there's uh, very few locals who have done more than my next guest. Uh, Dylan Pugh is the president of the Northeast Forest Alliance and has been fighting for forests for well longer than most of us have been around to, 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 be, to think about it. So uh, he's got some great news uh, uh, for this week, which is a great uh, pleasure to uh, welcome you back to Environmental as Anything again, Dylan. G'day, Sean. Look, it looks like uh, logging suspended in Myrtle and Braemar State Forest until uh, the court case is complete. Uh, yeah, so uh, they started logging there, uh, I think, a couple of weeks ago in Myrtle um, and about a week ago in Braemar State Forest. So they're just south of Casino. 
there is that we've identified as having exceptional sensitive koalas, um, uh, particularly before the fires and, and in the fires, about you know over seventy percent of the koalas were likely killed in the fire grounds, and uh, uh, they're slowly recovering. So we've been back in there and we've found evidence of widespread evidence of koalas in suitable habitat in both areas. Uh, so they're back, you know, but they've got a long way to go to be at the density they were before the fires and uh, uh, forestry decide they want to log them. Mm. So uh, soon after the election of, the, of this new government, they uh, announced they're going to go into, into Braemar uh, and uh, soon after that, uh, Myrtle. So they're picking areas that have been shown, demonstrated by the community to be of particular concern. Uh, in, in this case, it's largely because of the koalas, uh, and they're going for it. And so uh, the only option for us was to commence legal proceedings. Uh, there's limited avenues we can pursue. Um, but anyway, we've, we found a way and uh, uh, they stopped logging uh, for the time being. And our court case is going to be heard on the 14th of August, uh, probably for about two or three days. And then probably not long after that, there'll be a judgment. So... It's yet to be seen whether we're successful or not. Hmm. So where will that be held, and what's the basis uh, for the, act, the the court action? What, what's what's being contested in that legal case? Okay, so it's being heard in the Land and Environment Court in Sydney. Right. Um, it's uh, 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 I suppose now almost a couple of years ago, logging was stopped in Cherry Tree State Forest. Uh, that was Mundine versus the Forestry Corporation, a case run by. Alloshlack initially, um, and uh, the grounds there were that uh, the harvesting plan, you know, the logging plan that they apply, uh, has to implement uh, ecology sustainable forest management. And our, and the argument is that uh, what they rely upon are the general, uh, what they call coastal integrated forestry operations approvals that apply across the whole of coastal New South Wales. Mm. And they just they just do a ticker box exercise where they uh, apply those requirements of the CISOA without doing site specific assessments. So the argument is that they need to do those site specific assessments and uh, adopt site specific measures to um, to to implement the requirements for ecological, ecological sustainable forest management. So uh, that's they were the grounds in Cherry Tree, and they're the grounds in this case. In this case, though, um, the area was badly burnt in the 2019 fires. And um, for about a year after the fires, the Environmental Protection Authority required that they apply site-specific operating conditions. Uh, so these are specific conditions in response to the fires. Uh, and after a year, forestry just said, no, we're not going to do that anymore and adopted their own uh, lesser voluntary measures. Mm. They apply these voluntary measures. So part of our argument is that that isn't legally open to them, that the, these, um, if, uh, if they expect their operations to have a significant impact on the environment, they need to get uh, approval with the Environmental Protection Authority, and so that means they need these site-specific operation conditions. And they haven't done that. So that's, that's the other aspect that we're pursuing in uh, in Myrtle and Braemar. Well, uh, you know, so it sounds like that we're going to know uh, within a matter of weeks, within a month or so, that the, whether this is successful or not. Uh, indeed. And uh, um, 
if if we're not successful in this case, and you know, we're, we're waiting on a, on a judgment on cherry tree, and uh, it depends which one comes first. But if um, uh, cherry tree not successful uh, either, or if either case isn't successful, it will mean that logging will be back on, not just in Myrtle and Braemar, but also back in cherry tree state forests as well. Mm. All right, so that's something we all want to avoid, I guess. Um, how do we get the uh, get the, 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 this message through? Uh, what 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 sort of uh, what you would you be asking for people to do in the meantime to try to help uh, you know get this message through? I know we just had Felicity Wade on talking about the upcoming ALP National Conference. Uh, do you think that's a valid uh, focus for attention? Oh, look, indeed, we've got to pursue every avenue we can, and. Uh there is this proposed motion for the, the ALP conference about stopping land clearing and logging of, uh, of, native, of public native forests. And, you know, we obviously need to get uh, as many people as we can to uh, promote that and push for that and hope that the ALP conference will come out with a favourable resolution. But um, I'm not going to hold my breath on, unfortunately, but you know, we'll take every opportunity we can to promote the need to protect public native forests. You know, we, we need them desperately. They're not just uh, part of our future, they're future of numerous species that inhabit them, many of which were forced closer to extinction because of the 2019 fires. They need our help and we need our forests. We need our forests to <clears throat> take our carbon emissions out of the atmosphere, to store it away in, the, in their wood, uh, and in their soils, um, and we need them to you know, provide water to us, to generate rainfall, um, to um, uh, uh, just help our quality of life. You know, they help cool the planet and they help um, uh, generate the rainfall that we all need, and we're going to need more and more as uh, the impacts of climate change become more apparent. So, um, yes. So the will more you be... we can do for our forests and every opportunity, the better. Yeah. Um, and that, you know... There's an old adage of uh, think globally, act locally. Well, you know, here we can act locally. You know, we've, we've got these areas we know are important. We know they're important for koalas and a range of other species. And we need to speak out about them in, in whatever forum or way that we can. Will you be uh, at the rallies this weekend on the, uh, you know, on the 11th in Tweed and or in Lismore on the 12th? <clears throat> um, I've, I've only been invited to speak at the rally in in Tweed, uh, I think 10 o'clock outside Justin Elliott's office uh, on the uh, on the 11th. Um, so I will be taking the opportunity um, to try to promote this issue and the need to protect our forests. Well, I'm sure that you'd be most welcome at Lismore if you have time to come along uh, on the 12th as well, but that'll be great. I'll see you there on Friday at 10am outside uh, Justine Elliott's office we can uh, discuss further the the details of what's going on there and hopefully we'll, there'll be a bit of a crowd of us uh, supporting that action uh look, the more people who can stand up and speak out at this point in time the better we have an opportunity but we're not realizing it and the uh, we've got a new state government and, and we're you know relatively new federal government we've got to apply the pressure to get them to do the right thing and unfortunately in new south wales the Forestry Corporation have just been given carte blanche to continue and they're going for areas that have been protected for years under the previous government and this government's doing nothing about it. So, so we need to prompt them into action. Yeah. We need them to get them to do something, <clears throat> at least for koalas, if nothing else, you know. And uh, um, yes, it's just going to require community uh, pressure.
All right. Well, uh, I'll see you there then. Thank you very much for your time today, and um, we'll hopefully we'll see some uh, see these court. Ca- good luck. Good luck with the court case. Uh, you know, that's, I guess that's our great hope at this stage. My fingers are crossed. Uh, I'm, I'm hopeful, um, but there's no no guarantee. No. No. Okay. Thank you, Dylan. Have a great day. Okay. Bye. That was Dylan Pugh, president of the Northeast Forest Alliance, and uh, you know, indefatigable, uh, inexhaustible uh, cam- campaigner for our forests, our koalas, our climate uh, carbon sinks, our water catchments, and uh, you know, for the for the essential services that they provide to us all, uh, and uh, not just you know in those material senses, but in those uh, spiritual and emotional. Uh, senses as well so uh, thanks to him thank you for tuning in to another episode of the environmental as anything podcast Uh, i'll be bringing them to you as regularly as i can if you'd like to tune into more of this kind of uh, material uh, there's plenty of episodes available you can subscribe to our podcast and while you're there you might as well rate it and help uh, spread the word by sharing it on social media if you can We're on social media, of course, on Facebook particularly. You can find us anywhere you look for environmental as anything. And if you're really keen to see the show carry on, please do go and support us on Patreon. Again, you can find us by just searching environmental as anything Patreon. Thank you for your support. Be gentle with yourselves. Be kind to each other. And remember, we are all in this together. (laughs)